Your son is not sick. Your son is fine. He just have his brain wired in a different way. So if he is doing something wrong, the same way that your older son is doing something wrong, if the older son has a timeout, Alvaro the youngest need to have a timeout. Okay. He will probably not understand the first time, or even the second, or even the third, but eventually he will understand. Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, Take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing autism and intellectual disability. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing our community's preamble. Naked Parent Nations, a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truths, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. So let's continue our journey by taking a moment for ourselves and sitting up straight, if you're able, with your spine erect, and just let your eyes fall closed and just take in the feelings within your body, take in the sounds within the room, and try to let everything else go. I'm gonna play something for you. I'm able to use music to find that meditative state, and through meditation, I've been able to find peace and comfort in my journey and I hope you'll be able to find and feel the same. With your eyes closed, you could just raise your gaze to that space between the center of your eyebrows that third eye center and just focus there as you listen. And remember in this space, 
there's no lack. In this space, there's no financial issues. In this space, there's nothing wrong. Let the music and your thoughts disappear and dissolve into one another. And remember that you are enough, that you're doing the best you can. That's perfect. And together we can be perfectly imperfect. And remember when you're not listening to the show, that you can just sit in the quiet or you can find music that fits for you and feel peace because we all deserve to feel peace. And just let those sounds kind of drift and fade away as we come back to the room and we get a chance to meet our new friend of the show. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling from Ontario, Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Ontario. Ontario is um, right above Michigan, right? I think so. <laughs> so. I grew up in Michigan, and I think there's a tunnel that goes to Canada, and I think it goes to Ontario, Canada from Detroit, if I remember correctly. But anyway, thank you for being with us. Is it cold in Ontario right now? Uh, where I'm living, no, we are at plus two. So huh? January plus two is fine. <laughs> okay. No snow, it's all melt, so pretty good. <laughs> Tell us about you, you're a, a parent? Yes, I am a parent of two kids, well, kids. One is 17 and the other is 13, so two teenagers. And one of them or both of them have autism and intellectual disability? No. Uh, the older one has officially diagnosed with ADHD and social anxiety disorder. Um, we think he's on the spectrum as well, but he will be like the high functioning, no problem. So he's always in the waiting list. So just sit and wait. Maybe when he's 50, he will get it. And the youngest, um, he has autism. He was diagnosed officially with autism at the age of four, extra-officially at the age of three. And then when he was 11, uh, or before the 11, they repeat the test, and he was diagnosed with autism plus mild intellectual disability. 
And when did you notice that something seemed different? Uh, at what age did you feel something was different? Well, with the older one, he was really, really smart. He was like um, slowly the process to talk. So I remember nephews or or other kids talking, bubbling when he were when they were one year old or something like that. And he was slowly, but talking really clear. And if it's not, he was repeating the word until it was clear. So we knew that okay, we have something here, but we didn't know. And at the age of uh, before five, they did like a test, but was for the IQ test, and they couldn't finish the test because he wasn't he was complaining the the third day but even with that they told us that he was close to 5 and his mind was like on an 8 year old kid oh so they told us you have a diamond and you need to polish just okay. that he was fine at the grade i think it was grade 4 always good in school not too much friends not too socialized but he was fine and in grade four, suddenly uh, a report card came and he got a one in mathematics. What is going on here? Here in Canada is for, from RD to the four. Four is the like the 100. And so a one is like, he didn't get anything. I went to talk to the teacher and say, I know he knows, but he's not writing anything in class. He's boring. He's totally distracted. So. That's where we start with the pediatrician and, and so on. And he got a diagnosed with ADHD when he was in grade seven. So three years fighting wow. for the official diagnosis. And in grade nine, when the pandemic uh, started, I think it was grade nine or 10, he started like um, getting too insult, not talk to anyone. So I thought maybe he has depression or something. Um, they sent him to the psychiatrist and they did a test and they told us ADHD and social anxiety disorder. So the pandemic was the worst for him. Oh, wow. So there was psychologists, therapists and everything. He's pretty good now. He preferred to stay in his room like he is right now, playing with the friends on the computer. So it's like, if I can interact, not watching anyone, I'll be happy. So it's like always pushing him. He's in grade 12 now and always fighting with him because the um, attention is really hard in his case. The lack of attention and he's always, always fighting. This year even he doesn't want to take the medicine. Uh -huh. So the worst year to do it, but I'm not going to push and so it's always behind him. And the youngest, we came here to Canada when he was three years old. So we noticed something was off because he didn't talk. Uh, kids with two years old, they already did tense. And he just did like 10 words, regular words, like breath, water, always pointing. If he didn't get what he wants, he was um, yelling and, and mad and like the tantrums or little meltdowns. But he knew all the ABCs, all the numbers, all the colors and all the shapes. He was always pointing, hey, one, three, blue, whatever. And he learned by himself. Wow. That was in Spanish. When he came two weeks after we arrived here, he was doing the same in English. Anyone, wow. no one thought uh, teaching anything. He just wow. went to YouTube because he's really smart on the computers and everything. He went to YouTube and started learning by himself. So I thought, okay, maybe 
he's a slower than the brother and we are in the same path as the brother? Yes. And we didn't know. So in, when we arrived, we arrived in Manitoba, the province that is beside Ontario, in the middle of Canada. It was a small town, really a small town. And my older son started school, not my youngest, because he was three. And in Manitoba, they started at the five, I think. So someone from the division came to my house and said, I'm the, um, the person in charge of the newcomers. And I know that you have a youngest son. I said, yes, he's three. And they told me, we have like a screening in case that something is off with the kids. We put it to therapy in the hospital and we prepare them for kindergarten. I said, okay. So you are welcome to come and bring Alvaro. Alvaro is the, the name of my youngest. I was like, I don't know if going. My husband said, go, go. You don't have any other thing to do. Go. Uh-huh. I remember I went there. The denti- because they have dentists, optometrists, the person for the year, an OT, a speech therapy. They have like everything to, to watch your kids. The dentist, it was impossible to open the mouth, my son. Nothing. For the vision, we try our best. For the ear, I told the doctor that was there. He's cheating. He's watching you while you push the button. Uh, He's looking at you. You push the button and he raised the hand because I was translating to him. If you hear any noise, just raise your hands. He's smart. He told me, okay, I'm going to send him to the hospital and we are going to do the test better. Just in case, because you call, I don't know if your son is, it was the same, but my son, Alvaro, 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 Alvaro wasn't answering. Never. You needed to touch him in order for him to to look at you. So they send like a prescription or whatever to a paper that say you need to go to the hospital with him to do a better test. Okay. We start with the OT and I explain to, to her, he doesn't talk too much, but he know this, this, and this. While I was talking to her, he was doing what he always was doing, lining things. Uh-huh. And she was looking at him. I didn't know at that time. If, if I knew at that time when I know now, I would diagnose my son with one year, but I didn't know anything. Yeah. So he was lying and she told me, can you translate to him if he can copy me? So they was doing like mm, blocking and things like that. And he was repeating what she was doing. I needed to touch him, Alvaro, copy. No, touch him and say, you need to copy. You need to copy. Okay. So she sent me, mm, it's not clear. I'm going to send you to the hospital. Okay, another check mark in the paper. We went to the speech. And in the speech, the same. I said, he doesn't speak. The first thing that he said that was two, three words together was just when we arrived and he said, that is cold. Huh. Was the first time that he said that then that we said, oh, he's speaking. Wow. <laughs> and he was three years and a half. So he started to say all the ABCs, all the colors and simple things but as soon as he start asking him for chance or whatever he just wake up stand up and he was just running and running and running and not listening and she said mm, i'm going to send you to the hospital so another check i said okay i think that didn't pass even a, a month i got the the day to go to the hospital to start for the ot therapy so he was going to start for a year with ot therapy I went, at that time, English wasn't the best, so I was trying my best. 
to translate to my son, to understand the therapies yeah. and to everything. It was like, oh, um, but we managed. We went one day, I went the second day, and on the second day, she told me, next time, can you come with your husband and not with your son? Yeah, okay, that's that's all, that's weird. But yeah, why? We managed that, we went, we sit with the therapy, Heather was called, and she started, I'm going to do a test, and I want you to answer me. I remember to be like one hour and a half, answer a question, with my husband, my husband, I think he does, no, he doesn't that does, or he does that, or like fighting and, and she was pointing, pointing. When I finished, when, when we finished, I thought, are you going to tell me what my son has? Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm not the one that is going to diagnose your son. Oh. I'm going to put you, it was a small town. I'm going to put you on the list and the pediatrician is going to come, but maybe we need to wait for next year. Oh. But I'm pretty sure what she's going to say, and is that your son has autism. Oh my gosh. So it was like a big cold puff bottle, a bucket. My husband get out and say, she's crazy. Alvaro mm. doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. We continue, he was continuing with therapy. So hopefully he, does, he didn't have um, official diagnosis with the three year and a half, but he was um, taking care with therapy. So yeah. that's a relief. Now what I know, that was a relief. Every week we were going, at the beginning was two days per week, and then we were slowly just one, once a week. And they start even with speech therapy. That passed like one month or even more. My husband wake up in the middle of the night one night. He was still like, he doesn't have that, he doesn't have that. Um, he just need more time. Yeah. And he wake up in the middle of the night. He went to YouTube. He put the best video about kids with autism. And he saw my son. So he came to the bed. He touched me and said, he has autism. He has. And he's... Wow. And, then and I got emotion. But it is it's what it is. I remember to cry. And my husband said, cry everything, cry everything. But we need to work. So cry everything, shut it up. And let's go to work. Now? Until now, it's like about a little day. It's what it is. So that's how your husband handles things. He sees what needs done, and then let's go to work. Yeah, he's a big supporter. Usually, I'm in our case with Alvaro. He is like he's thirteen, but he's like a five, six year old. Mm -hmm. He still has therapies. I need to pick him up from school and come in. At that time, when he was younger, he was a flight risk. Well, he's still a flight risk boy that he was opening the door and just leaving, or you were in the superstore and, and you needed to have ice on your on your neck because he was just not on purpose. He was just in his own world talking and talking and talking, and he started walking. And he, yeah. you can yell for him, and he's not going to listen to you because he's in his own world. Mm -hmm. So we needed to be really aware of everything. So we knew that. Or is he working or I'm working, but both working, we try it and it didn't work because we didn't have family here. So it's like one of us. He's a software engineer, so I'm at home and I'm, he has therapy, I need to go. And he got whatever. And plus, he was born with a periodic fever, the youngest. Periodic fever. Periodic fever? 
Yeah. When he it? was seven, <laughs> when he was seven months old, he started with high fever. Okay. Before, because seven months old, fever, uh, we talk in Celsius. I don't know in Fahrenheit, but it's like 40 degrees Celsius. High, high, high fever. Okay. Uh, I went to the um, to the hospital with him. They put the the fever down. It was an infection in the throat. Throat infection. Okay. Two weeks after, after, again, repeat again. Two weeks after, again. And so always the throat, always tied always to the always the throat infection. Okay. So he was a year and a half, more or less. We we spent almost a year. We knew this weekend we can go everywhere. Next weekend, no, because Albert is going to have fever. Oh wow. So it was like that. Wow. So it was like Yes, no, yes, no, fever, no fever. So in Spain, they try everything in, in case of cancer, uh, leukemia, all the tests. I remember like, yeah, I don't know if you if you saw the TV show House. How, um, the doctor that has the, the... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I remember to see a doctor with a lot of doctors, all the papers for Alvaro and say, we think that could be FAPA syndrome. But he doesn't have aftas in the mouth, so it's, it's not. We don't know. Is that he will eventually grow up with the fevers, yes? Sometimes wow. with antibiotic, because with the throat infection, if it was really bad, they put antibiotic. So it was like that every two weeks. He eventually grew up of that at the age around seven. He started getting it slowly instead of every two weeks, every month. And then he got rid. And in Manitoba, one of the doctors, the, the pediatrician, he told me he has Papa syndrome, not in all the case, is after. He will get rid of that, but when you have that kind of syndrome, sometimes they are coming back for a small, for a short period. He had it, like, I think it was a year ago, he was like for three or four months, every month, getting with the high, high fever wow. and throat infection. Wow. So it's like, with all that he has, we have to add the... Wow. So it's like, how can I work if I need to be all the time asking, I need to go home, my son is kids, or yeah. I need to go home because he has therapy. You can't. I try working from home, but even with that, it's, 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 it's not working. Yes. It's so stressful. Working. Yeah, I don't know how other parents manage, but it's like, in my case, it's, it's not working. Yeah. Is that in the older one thinks I need to go pick up to the school or he has, that is what so it is. So how have you dealt with it emotionally? I mean, this is so so much to deal with emotionally. Well, I'm doing my best. I was diagnosed last year with um, fibromyalgia. Wow. <laughs> yes. And I have even vertigo on the ears. So when I have the crisis, it's really bad because I like the motor of the house. My husband was... Um, he's more um, on the computers and, and he has more patience than me. I'm too much like the stressful mom, crazy all around. He's most calm. So uh -huh. he was looking alternatives, even uh, food ways to, to manage everything. And he found the carnivore diet. Okay. And he was accepted. He was reading for almost a year. And he said, it's good to try. Let's go to try. I try it. After nine days, I'm pain-free. Really? I'm pain-free. So we'll what? try it. When was this? I started in August 
in the middle of August, as soon as I arrived from my holidays in Spain, I came with, if I'm stressed, I feel more pain because one of the things that fibromyalgia is, is connecting to the, um, uh, the stress level are, okay. is the worst for, for the fibromyalgia. So we start, there's nothing to lose. Let's go to try. I try the gluten-free. I try the dairy-free. I try a corn-free. I try everything. Even for Alvaro, because they say, if you take off the gluten and the dairy of the kids with autism, because the gut is connected with the brain, uh-huh. you will see results. Nothing. We try it. We are trying everything. So in August, we try all of once. I am pain-free. I'm not perfect. Not perfect. But I was even playing baseball um, volleyball this winter. Really? That I couldn't even walk in, in the mornings. Wow. This is like four months ago, right? I started in August. So August, September, October, four months ago I started. Wow. So this is like a miracle. Okay. In my case, yes. Yeah. I don't recommend the diet to everyone that doesn't have anything. But in my case, and other people that I hear from the fibromyalgia, everyone say the same results. But we try with the kids as well. Uh-huh. And Alvaro is sleeping every night. Wow. That he didn't do. I remember when he was three, he was almost four months waking up every night around one thirty-two, and he was awake until four or five. And he was exhausted. Exhausted. And now he's sleeping the whole night. I put him to bed. He's wow. falling asleep really quickly. No any kind of magnesium. No melatonin, no anything, no anything. And he's waking up like a regular teenager that sometimes you need to go and wake him up. One of the days he needed to go to the school and he was late and say, Alvaro, you need to wake up. And he said, man, don't you see I'm, I'm busy sleeping. Wow. <laughs> and this is uh, from August as well. Yes. We started at the same times. So we get rid of everything we drink milk we are not the pure 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 that just eat meat we take cheese and and meat and the older one he didn't take the pills and we and he's not the best focus but he's not as um lost as it was before with the no pills and my husband he is the same because he didn't have any any problems so it's like he's working for us and it's called the what? Carnivore diet. Carnivore diet. Because like with my son, we do melatonin, we do uh, Benadryl, I and, and then an ADHD medicine, and just for sleep. Just to sleep, because, you know, it's impossible to live every night, all night. Wow. So that's like another miracle. Yes. I hear some parents that say that they... I hear one of the one mother that say that she tried the diet with his kids that wasn't verbal. And after the diet, the son is verbal. I didn't see that in my case. The only thing I see that he's sleeping. And sometimes, for example, in a speech therapy, when he's focused, he's more aware of the things. But that's the only thing I see. So for us, that he's just sleeping without any kind of help. It's like, okay, that's working. <laughs> that's wow. working. How did you manage for all those years? No sleep, the stress, the fevers. I how- think that was the stress of getting no sleeping and everything that 
was getting me to the fibromyalgia. I think that's how it came out for you. Probably, probably. It's too much. So I, we try to take take care now. We have because um, when he was youngest, he's a sweet boy. My son, uh, because the older one is is fine. He has his things, but he's fine. And the youngest is the autistic kid that loves to be hugged, loves to be kissed. Uh-huh. He loves that you tickle him, like the soft tickles to do like yeah. this. He loves that. You are in this in the couch and he put his feet on top of you and say, tickle me. Uh, <laughs> he loved that. So and we went to the store or whatever, and and he usually, if he's too stressed, he will put the hands like that. So I know when he's stressed and, and I'm helping him. Otherwise, he's fine. He just will be, if he's too, for him, instead of have meltdowns, like I see in other kids yelling and kicking and everything, what he does is he shut down his body and he will be in his own world, maybe doing this but in, and talking and talking by himself. And you need to touch him really hard or sometimes shaking a little bit to get him rid of that. That's the meltdown that he has. So we are lucky. Okay. If he has a meltdown that he's screaming, something bad happened. Something really bad. So oh. we are lucky that way. So we didn't have any respite or anything until last year. So it's like, okay, I think I need to start taking more care of me. Yeah. So now I have a respite that is coming every Friday. Great. Every Friday, two hours. So she stay with him. She loves her. And my husband and I, we are going for walks or to the gym or whatever. Just my husband and, and I. So it's, it's like the time. And then on Monday, she's coming one hour so I can go to Aikido with my older one. So I start martial arts. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so That's... I'm doing something with the older one. And taking care of me. I love it. I started just to go with him because with the social anxiety, so he was, I'm not going by myself. I don't want. And he's really good in martial arts because he, he was doing that since he was five years old. So it's like, I'm going with you. I don't mind. I'm really bad, but I will do. And now I like it. And he's like, I'm going. <laughs> Aww. It sounds like things are going better. Yeah. Is that right? In that part, yes. We know that he is going to need help, like even in the adult, adulthood. We know yeah. he will be going to high school next year. And we were really worried because we didn't know if they were going to put in a regular class or a special class or going to happen if he was going to have help or not. Because I don't know where you live, but here there are not too much EAs to help. In fact, right now this year, I'm fighting in the school that I didn't need to do it before because he's a good boy. He doesn't have bad behaviors. Okay. And this year, the school have a lot of kids with special needs, especially in between kindergarten and grade two, Uh like three or four or even more. And they have really, really bad behavior. So the whole year, their son doesn't have any kind of help. Just the teacher. So I'm fighting. Because he needs help. Even the yes and the teachers say, I cannot handle by myself because if he's boring, he's not doing anything. He will wake up, stand up, sorry, stand up and walk in the class. So he will be disturbed, disturbing the other kids. He will not be fighting. He will not be yelling. But he will be going and standing up and walking or just, uh, it's a funny boy. 
like a little, I call him my little clown. So he will be joking with the kids. So it's disturbing the class. So this year I'm fighting even with the division. Hopefully they are going to give me an answer now in January. Otherwise I told them, oh, okay. That they gave me was come as a volunteer to help. Okay. If I need to be a volunteer in the school so my son can have help, I will do. Wow. I don't know with your kids, but that's how we are right now. It's very stressful. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a very difficult journey. You know, I appreciate you sharing. What do you say to other parents out there that are in the same struggles? Do you have any resources or recommendations that you would share with them? Well, in case of the schools, you will need to go to the, the law in your province or wherever you live, because here in Canada, every province is different. Manitoba is different from Ontario. So what I did was I went to the education law. I read the education law. I went to the school. I asked for something in the school. And then I went to the division. I asked for the superintendent. And this is it's like following the path. And if they don't listen to me, the next step will be to go to my MP. Because when you meet with some of the politicians, they listen to you better. I don't know why. I don't know why. So I, I would recommend them to go by the law. Don't yell like a, a parent yelling for no reason. Sometimes it's, it's a slower path. Yeah. If you do that, they will listen to you better. If you are going calm. And if you go by the law and say, no, the law say this. And I want this for my kids. And I will not stop until I get this for my kids. If I need to go to the minister, I will go to the minister. I don't mind. Or the politics. It's a slower path. Sometimes it's going to get in your nerves and say, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. But it, I think it's the best way so they can listen to you. I think and that's great not, advice. If it's not, it's like I said, I will be here in the school. And I will be the yay for my son. Because my son, for example, he has... Since the second diagnosis with the mild intellectual disability, he was supposed to have life skills. And this year, the life skills are paused because he doesn't have help. Wow. And it's the basic hit for him because he's not going to go to the university or college. So as soon as we start, the simple life skill or make a, a shopping list so he can learn, as soon as we start, the better the results. So yes, to the parents, yes, trust yourself, trust your guts, don't lose your, I'm going to say about war, <laughs> your ass yeah. and keep fighting. Yeah, that's great advice. And I've done it the wrong way before, you know, just, it doesn't help you. It is a slower process. And um, for my children, I struggle to get ABA therapists because oh my son is very low functioning. They like to see improvement and progress. My son, you see very little progress. So I've had this, I'm starting my own therapy company because he wasn't year after year, there was no services. So I have to start my own, but before I just fight and then everybody hates me and they don't want, nobody wants to work with me and nobody wants to work with my kid and, and they get excuses. And so now it's just, it's a new approach. So I really appreciate that suggestion for yeah. the parents. It's like a non-stopping. So in both school, both my school kids, they know me. I'm not jelling. In that part, I need to thank my husband that is, is, is the one that is just sit down, yeah, calm. 
but they know me. So I'm, I don't have any trouble to go to the school and say, I'm here. I'm here to talk. What are we going to do? This year, for example, my older son, he has some, um, he needs to get good grades for the, uni he wants to go to the university. So the math teacher, he didn't give him more time to do the test, just the hour in the class. And he needs more time. Mm -hmm. He has ADHD, so one hour is not enough for him. So okay. he was in one hour, he was just doing half of the test. So he doesn't have a proper, um, here in Ontario, we call it IEP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't have, because he usually doesn't need that. All the teachers know what he has, so all the teachers let him more time to do the test or whatever. But this teacher, no. So what I did is write the research teacher and say, we have a problem. How we are going to get a solution? I'm going to talk to the teacher. I'm going to talk to your son, to Adam. Next exam, he writes to me and say, I talked to all the teachers. They are going to give him more time. He was to write another exam and he didn't give him enough time to do the test. Mm. I write him again. That was before Christmas. I say, how we are going? Because we don't have too much time. And he needs, he needs the good grades in order to go to the university. So he yeah. told me, we are going to look at solutions. So if next Monday I don't have a solution, on Tuesday I will be at the school mm -hmm. with a big smile, calm voice and say, we need to find a solution, how we are going to do it. And I don't know if it's that, that you are not mad or whatever, that makes better results. It's like, sometimes I say that I'm like little picking, picking, picking. They all know who I am, but it's like, I'm not pushing too far, but I want a solution. Yeah, well, good. So do that, <laughs> try that. Yeah, I think that's great advice. What's the best advice you have received? Oh, yeah. That was one of the OT in Manitoba. After we left from the hospital, uh, the therapy from the hospital, what they did was uh, for a year and a half, I was having an OT coming to my home for two hours every Monday. At that time, my son was starting the kindergarten in the school. So he was in the school three hours and then Mondays, two hours. And I think it was the second or third time that she came, she was a mother of an autistic kid. She was really strict. And she told me, your son is not sick. Your son is fine. He just have his brain wired in a different way. So if he's doing something wrong, the same way that your older son is doing something wrong, if the older son has a timeout, Alvaro the youngest needs to have a timeout. Okay. He will probably not understand the first time, or even the second, or even the third, but eventually he will understand. And you will have two person learning, the older one that you treat the youngest one the same way because he is not sick, and the youngest one that if he's doing something wrong, is going to have a consequence. That was the best I could hear. After that, if he's doing something wrong, no. You are doing, I'm really strict with like She told me, you need to, re, to be really strict with him. He's not broken. He okay. just have different processing computer in the, in the brain is what I, to understand. So I like that. It works because the, I remember the older one telling me, you treat different in Alvaro. If he's doing something bad, you don't say anything or you just say, oh, right. we changed. And now if you do something wrong, you have a timeout. 
I like that. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? More therapy. <laughs> for yeah, you or for the kids? Yeah, in Ontario, when we arrived, they changed like the process. We were in the waiting list for therapy. It was like a base therapy uh, where your kid was. If he was in the system, he would have all the therapy that he needed. There was a big waiting list, so the people were mad to the government. There was a change in the government. So what they did is, okay, we have as many chill as this, and we have this budget, we will give. And the option for kids older than five was $5,000 per year. Wow. For me, it was fine because my son was in the waiting list, was going to be in the waiting list for a lot of years, so at least I got $5,000. So, but what can you do with $5,000 for a year? Just a speech is what I'm doing. And when I'm not enough money, I'm putting for my pocket. So gracias not uh, for my pocket to pay for therapy because he needs OT as well. He needs. Uh, for the parents that are out there that are, you know, just from your experience, you've been on this journey for a little while with your kids. What do you say to the parents that are out there that have just maybe received diagnosis and their world just got flipped upside down? What do you say to them? I will say what my husband told to me. Cry everything yell, be mad, whatever. And then clean your face, breathe, and start because it's a long, long journey. And if you cry, you are losing your time. Look in internet because there are a lot of information out there. Try to look in Facebook, for example, groups of parents with kids with a special needs, especially with if they have autism, with autism and us. My son has that has that or is doing this what can i do what kind of therapy or um, anyone know any therapies that could be available because that's other here in ontario we have waiting lists for therapies i see i don't know there but is is so for the new ones cry because you need to cry you need to mourn and, and and get rid of everything and then suck it up everything and let's go to fight because it's going to be a long journey Aww. Even for the, the high-functioning kids, even for that. Sometimes I say that my older son is giving me more headaches than the youngest. Really? <laughs> now, yes, with the university, because with the social anxiety disorder, the ADHD is like the brain is, is not, it doesn't have the maturity as a neurotypical for his age. Plus the social anxiety disorder is you need to be always behind him. Let's go. Do you want to do this? What do you want? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to be like and i don't know always so sometimes like oh well maria i'm glad to hear that you guys found that that diet that seems to be bringing some some Can peace help. in your family <laughs> and i'm grateful that you took the time to be on the show today and share Thank your you. journey with us and i wish you and your family a happy new year and i'd love to touch base down the road and just kind of hear how your journeys continued thank you thank you for reminding me happy new year again <laughs> yes i will be happy to talk to you again. Okay, thanks and have Thank a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics 
And the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. Bye.